Good morning, everyone. Um, happy Sunday. <laughs> um, it's a real privilege to be speaking um, to us this morning, um, the first Sunday of the year, so no pressure. <laughs> um, I just want us to thank God for today. I'm just going to say a quick prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity of being able to gather in your presence, um, to be surrounded with people who love you, and to learn of your goodness. Um, we just pray that everything that we discuss today, every word that will come forth today, let it be from the throne of grace. Let it be what your, is on your mind for us today. And as we receive your word, Father Lord, let it find fertile ground in our hearts that your words will not be things that we hear and discard or forget, but that they would make real life change in us um, and through us to the world around us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this morning, um, relationship goals. Um, something that is around on social media. And um, to different people, it means different things. But actually, one of the biggest things, life-changing revelations about God, that God um, gave me, was that he is a God of relationship. And... Um, as we start this new year, 2024, it's really important to understand what, in, in, in a sense, what that means. We have different types of relationships. We have relationships with our family members. We have relationships with our co-workers. We have relationships with our um, significant others, romantic partners. We have different types of relationships. And with each type of relationship, we kind of have an idea of what it is that we are trying to, not try to get out of it, but what the aim is for that relationship. So it might be a conscious thing or not, but actually this hashtag has been around on social media. I don't know if it's still there, but I know I've seen it and I've heard of it, relationship goals. And um, so I'm just going to, um, wanting us to think about goals um, of the relationship that we have with God. Is that the right one? There we go. Okay. So, just to, for, for those of us who are not aware of what the general meaning of relationship goals, um, so that's a couple of definitions on there. Um, usually, it comes as sometimes there'll be a picture or, or something of a, a couple, it's usually couples, um, and they're doing something, and you see that, and you go, oh, I want to be like that. Does that happen to people? You see somebody doing something, or a pair of people. It might not even be a rela rela uh, romantic relationship, but they're involved in something, they're doing something. Maybe it's a holiday, it's a house, it's a, an activity. And you go, that's what I want for myself. Um, and a lot of times, things like that can be subconscious goals. We, we kind of see something we like and we go, I want that. And then we start working towards it. Um, we try to achieve it. Um, and that happens in our other relationships. That could be even a mentor relationship. And you see someone who's really good at mentoring other people and you go, oh, I wish I had that for myself. I wish I had someone who could talk to me like that. Some people who um, maybe don't have that father relationship might go, and they see a good father and they go, oh, I wish I had that. I would like to be that one day. We all have different goals for different aspects of our lives. Um, and so today we're just going to have a look at relationships. Now, God being a God of relationships, it's really helpful for me when, when I'm looking at something to look at examples in the Bible. So if, if something comes across my mind, to be honest, when that um, 
topic came across my mind, I went, this must be too much social media. And I was like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Why would I be talking about that? And so I said to God, I said, um, can I have examples in the Bible that I can draw reference from? Because it's really helpful to, to bring something to life when you have examples. Um, um, so, yeah. So just, you know, aside from uh, the pictures of people doing wonderful things, going on lovely holidays, um, for different relationships, it might be communication, it might be, um, I'm very aware that that, is that, is that, can you read that? Yeah, okay, good. Um, it might be um, communication. It could be um, a you know, certain level of you want to build something together. So people want to build a house. They want to build a, a company. You want to build something. Um, and we have different things that we are all looking for. What matters to you doesn't necessarily, is not going to be the same thing that I'm going to be chasing. Um, but when we have a relationship with our Heavenly Father, do we um, think about having goals for that relationship are we aware that it's a relationship and it's a two-way street um and that that, that there are goals that you can have goals for your relationship with god um relationships are a two-way street um often we see in the bible that god reaches out first most of the time um we see that with abraham we see that with moses and actually we're on that topic we're um one of the big things um, is that our relationship with God is the most important relationship. Um, and I, I really um, believe that it's out of the overflow of that relationship that other relationships of our lives can be blessed. Um, and so um, our vision for 2024 for the church actually is, is, is in line with that. It's about talking about the cross um, and we sang about that just a few minutes ago. The relationship that we have with God, being that um, you know divine relationship, the vertical um, um, relationship, and then our relationship with other people. The relationship that we have with God, the quality of that relationship, the amount of time that we invest in that, is to a large extent going to determine what is left over to flow into other areas of our lives. Um, if we don't have, an, you can't give what you don't have. If you don't have it in yourself, then what is it that you could give to other people? And the truth of, of, of the matter is we can do a lot of good things. Um, we can feed people, we can clothe people, we can give people money, we can do a lot of charitable things, and that's good. Um, people who believe in God do that, and people who don't believe in God do that. But what's the difference? between a believer in Christ Jesus and a believer or someone who doesn't believe in God or believe in multiple gods. Um, there is a difference. There is a distinction. And um, it's, it's coming to that understanding that there is a separation um, when we come into relationship with God. Something changes. And if we are saying that we are in a relationship with God and nothing changes and we are just like every other person in the world, or other people who don't believe in God, then have we actually encountered God? Do we have a relationship? Because the truth of the matter is, I don't know about you, but the relationships that I made, um, the ones that still continue with me till this day, they, by encountering those people, something changed in my life. Um, the, the, the big ones, the ones that I still talk to. <laughs> um, and even the ones that I don't talk to, I learned something. Every relationship that is significant to you, 
whether good or bad, you learn something about yourself and about the other person, about the world around you, based off of relationships. And God styles himself in, in that interesting way, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, a generally generational relationship, a covenant. So we're going to look at that. We're going to look at two people um, in the Bible today um, as examples. Um, so the first person we're going to look at is Moses. Um, I love Moses. Um, and, and, and it's really important to have these examples of people who had relationship, unique relationships with God. The Bible's filled with them. You can take your pick. Um, whatever it is that connects with you and actually makes that, that um, resonates with you as a person, because we're not all the same. But Moses had a very unique relationship with God that I kind of go, that's a relationship goal for me. So here he is. I'm just going to briefly talk about his first encounter with God. So backdrop of Moses. Um, everybody knows Moses, but he was, he was born in Egypt, um, and he lived in Pharaoh's house, um, and he grew up, probably had a good life, um, living in the palace, must not have been too horrible. Um, but then one day he made a very big mistake, and he killed someone, which is obviously very horrible. But he, he, he got very angry, and he killed someone. And because of that, he lost his position. He had to run away. And he ran away, and he fled to um, the Midianites. And, you know, from being a prince to going to someone who's now a shepherd looking after his father-in-law's flock. Didn't even have his own, you know. So kind of hit rock bottom for him. And one day he was, you know, looking after the sheep on um, the mountain of God called Horeb. And um, it's at this mountain that he encounters uh, a very weird thing. And I imagine if you were walking down, what road can I use as an example? I don't even know. You were walking down some you're going for a walk on a hill, and then you saw a bush that was burning. But the leaves were not, like, you know, getting destroyed or anything. It was as green as ever. The, the wood was as fresh as ever. But you could see this is fire on this, on this shrub or whatever it is. Um, it's, it would be a pretty weird sight. So what did he do? He noticed it, and then he stopped to look at it. And I, I want us to pay attention to words. Words, God, the words of God are very important. And um, I'm just trying to make this a little bit bigger on my screen. Um, what he said. And he said, this is amazing. Why isn't the bush burning up? I must go see it. So that suggests that it was in a maybe it was in a distance and he saw it and he went, I'm going to take a closer look. Um, and then he does just that. The next thing is when the Lord saw Moses come in to take a closer look, he said, he called to him. I wonder what would have happened if Moses saw that just mm, interesting and then walked on by. The truth of it is, a lot of times God reaches out to us, and do we respond? Because it's one thing to see something, it's another thing to look. Because looking means you're intentional, you're actually paying attention, you're observing, and it requires a little bit more time, because you can see something in passing, keep walking. But to look means to pause, 
to gaze at it, to observe it, to, to actually think about what, you're, what is happening here. And the truth of, of it is that a lot of times when God brings something to us, how much attention are we paying to it? We might notice it, but do we actually look into it? And that means spending time, not just glazing over it. And it was when he paid attention. See, God, was, God showed him something and wanted to see his response. And he responded, so God took it to the next level. Sometimes I wonder if we're not going to the next level of that relationship with God because God is waiting for us to respond. And we're just going, oh, this is weird. But there's, there's something that we need to do. Um, and so that response was what moved that relationship. So Moses killed someone. He did a horrible thing. It could have been the end of the line. We make mistakes, and sometimes we're going to make big ones in life. But that's not the end of the story as far as God is concerned, if we look at the story of Moses. In our relationship with God, we might mess up. We might make very big mistakes. But that's never the end of the story if you're thinking about the relationship. That God was looking for a relationship with, with Moses, and he went after it for that reason. But it was up to Moses to respond to it. And so... The next time he responds, actually, I'm going to go back a little bit. So he responds, and God calls him, and then, you know, we know this, a little bit of the story. He responds, and then God tells him, don't come closer, take off your shoes um, for the place that you're standing on is holy ground, and we sang those lyrics today as well. Um, the truth, again, about what, when God is desiring a relationship with us, because God is a holy God, he calls us into his presence. His presence yeah. is a holy presence. Yeah. So he had to take something off to stand on the holy ground. Right. When we pursue a relationship with God, for, you to, for us to go into that next level of that relationship, is God asking you to take something out? Right. Yeah. Is there something in your life or my life that can't go into the presence of God? It's not because he's a picky God. He's just holy. So for you to stand in his holy presence, to remain there, something has to go. And God doesn't ask us to do things that he doesn't do himself because he gives up for us as well. Case in point, Jesus Christ coming to the world and dying on a cross, he didn't gain anything from that. He was God already. But the point was, he gave something up to pursue a relationship. We do it subconsciously with our friends, with our family, with business relationships. If there's something you're pursuing in a relationship, you know this, can't, this person isn't going to accept this part of me, so I need to ditch that. You make yourself up look better. You do things to pursue that relationship. So why should we offer less to God? It's a reasonable request from God. And so... He had to do that, and then he got to know a little bit more about God, and God gave him an assignment. Um, and this is the next part of the relationship. You enter into a relationship with God, he just might ask you to do some things. Yeah. And that was a big thing for Moses. But he went and he did it. And so fast forwarding quite a bit to Exodus chapter 33, where he's gone to Egypt, and he's brought the people of Israel out of Egypt, and they've messed up um, because 
he went onto the mountain to talk with God and get the Ten Commandments. But while he was up there, which was taking a really long time, we don't like to wait, we know this, um, they decide that they've had enough of waiting and they were going to worship uh, a golden calf. So he comes back and there's a whole really horrible scenario there. But the next step of it is Moses is messed up again because he broke the ten tablets, the, the two tablets with the Ten Commandments in his anger. So we see he has an issue with anger. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, and this is something I want us to pray about. There are certain things in our lives that um, we need to be checking and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to remove because we re- having a relationship with God and God is progressing um, moving with us in that relationship, but there are certain things in our lives that possibly we're just not paying a close enough attention to that might ruin our chances of having a successful relationship with God. But then, so he comes again and he has to go back to the mountain with another set of two tablets um, and he asks something of God. See, he, he asks God, um, sorry, why is this not working? He asks God something. So God tells him that you now, next part of your assignment is to take the children of Israel into the promised land, the, prom- the land that I promised um, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And Moses says, look, God, if you're not going, I'm not going nowhere. Um, and this is the reason he gives. He says, highlighted, for your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. The presence of God is what sets us apart. If God's presence is not in our meetings, is not in our prayers, is not in activities, in our songs, in our giving, in our tithing, in anything that we do, it doesn't set us apart from anyone else. What makes us any different? And it's really important that we are aware of that. Is there anything that we are doing that we are doing because we think it's a good idea, but God's presence is not there? He didn't sign off on it. He didn't author it. He didn't authorize it. And it, I'm not discourage, it's not to discourage us from doing good things. It's actually to encourage us to desire God's presence because that's what makes the difference. And the Lord said, I will indeed do what you have asked for I look favorably on you and I know you by name. See, at this point, the children of Israel um, or the Israelites have had really got God really mad, right? He made us like him, so when he gets mad, we also get mad. But um, the point I'm trying to make there is, it was because of God looking favorably on Moses and because Moses stepped up to intercede for other people. And when he did that, God responded and said, for I look, I will do what you have asked because I look favorably on you and I know you by name. The relationship that Moses built with God wasn't for nothing. Because when it came to the point where he, there was a need, a people were about to perish, they were about to lose their inheritance, the promise that God had for generations had kept for them, he stepped in the gap and went, God, no, this isn't, you promised you were going to do this. And it's you that sets us apart from other people. And God listened to that. And so this comes back to the, 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 that theme of the overflow of what we have with God is what is going to make a difference in the lives of other people. The people we want to help, 
What are we going to tell them if we don't have a relationship with God? If that relationship we don't have, see, um, if we don't have encounters with God, if we don't have a revelation of who God is, Moses knew that God was a good God, and that was why he was able to intercede for them. And another thing um, that I want us to just look at is on the next, um, is that he made an unusual request. Um, he said, then show me your glorious presence. Now, I'm going to go quickly to the next slide to explain this. Moses, from the beginning, had a desire to know God. And if we go back to Exodus chapter 3, further on from where we read a bit earlier on, when God gave him his assignment, went, go and do this, he said, well, who am I going to tell them sent me? I don't know your name. At least if I'm going to do something for you, I should still at least know your name. I should be able to tell the people who you are. And God at that point told him, I, you know, I am that I am. I am who I am. But you see, he asked the question in a different way this time, didn't he? In Exodus 33, where he said, show me your glory. Show me your nature. Show me who you are. Um, is one thing to hear something or somebody to tell you something. It's another thing for you to see it. And so he wanted to see God in a different way that was going to give him an assurance that where he was going, God was going to be there. Now, this is not um, unusual. A lot of times we hear this um, where, when we talk about uh, things like um, in the Bible, this is referred to Baal, was one of the idols they were worshipped. He was known as the god of rain and fertility. And even when we talk about the, the Greek mythology and stuff like that, it's a god of something, right? So that was how, you know, people related to God. And still now, we want to know the nature of the person that we're dealing with. Is this a kind person? Is this someone who's powerful? Or is this someone who wins wars? Is this somebody who, you know... Helps us to have babies. Is this? So that was an, a, a common theme at the time, and still is, really. So he wanted to know a bit more. That desire for God. It wasn't about God make me wealthy. It wasn't about God establish my family, make us the ruling class. It was about wanting to know God. And that's relationship, isn't it? Any relationship that you don't want to know more that, about that person, it means you're not really in it. Um, and so his desire to know God is, is something that, for me, is, is a relationship goal. And I don't know if that's something that um, is something that is a goal for you with your relationship to God. And we see that in the beginning, he knew God at a certain level. Fa fast forward a few more years, the way in which God is revealing himself to Moses is different. It's deeper, it's broader, it's wider. And it is because of this one man's dealing with God in his relationship with God that we also now know that God is uh, the God of compassion and mercy, that he is a God that is slow to anger. We now have that revelation because he nurtured a relationship with God to the point where God revealed a secret. About, it was not a secret in terms of God trying to be, you know, mysterious, but actually you don't tell um, the people that you meet on the first day everything about you people that you reveal your true character and the parts about you that you keep hidden are people that have stayed the test of time, that have proven their loyalty, people that have shown that they're in it, not just for themselves, but they sometimes, you know, 
we get it wrong and we reveal things about ourselves to the wrong people, but we don't reveal all of ourselves to people on the first day. And there's a reason for that. It's the same with God. So if we are going to um, progress in that relationship with God, it's something that we're going to spend time on and it's something that we're going to do because we truly just want to know God. Another person is Jesus. <laughs> um, Jesus um, had an amazing relationship with God the Father. And it is because he has that relationship that he came because, you see, Moses wanted to see God's glory. But at that time, the response, if you read the rest of that chapter, is that no man could see the face of God and live. And Jesus has come as the answer to that request from Moses, wanting to see all of God's glory. And Jesus has come as the exact representation of the Father to us to show us, this is God. You want to know me? This is who I am. Um, and one of the things that um, really is, there are lots of scriptures to choose from when it comes to this, um, but John is one, again, another person who um, nurtured a relationship with God from the point of love. He mentions love a lot in, in, in this, um, the gospel of John in his writings. Um, and the truth of it is that love, true love of God, is one of the biggest ways that we can build a relationship from God, with God. And the thing is, a human being can know when you're faking that you like them, but God doesn't, he's not, you're not going to lie to God because he doesn't look at the outward appearance, he looks at the heart. And um, Jesus starts to say, look, you, you say, you talk about love a lot. Okay, let me explain to you what love actually means. Um, and, it's, and it's through Jesus that we see this description. It says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. So the reason why God will show himself to you is because you love him and obey him. It's, it's, it's okay to say love, but actually, is there any evidence of your love? Is there any evidence of my love for God? Because there's evidence of his. It's littered across history and the Bible. But what is, where is your evidence? Where is my evidence of the love that we, share, we say we have for God? It means obedience. That's not necessarily a word that we like, but it's in the Bible and it's very true. And that means when God tells us to do something and we don't do it, then we're kind of saying to him, I'm not that into you. Um, and, and Jesus then explains because... Judas, not, not the one that betrayed him, says, why would you do that, show yourself to us and not the world? And Jesus explains that it is, it is because of love that you would obey my teaching. And there is a reward for that. Salvation is free. Relationship with God is going to come at a cost of you paying um, your time, your effort, your, your willingness, your passion. So, it, we're saved. You believe in Jesus, you confess the name of Jesus, and you live a good life. Great. Saved. But do you want a relationship? And what type of relationship do you want? Because if you want to know him, if you want to have a relationship with him, it's going to cost you doing something, taking some things off, and obeying his teachings and his commands. And the Bible also tells us that the love of God compels us. The thing is... A lot of times when Jesus asks us to do things, 
they're not always convenient. Does anybody have a <laughs> any witness in the house? God told you to do something, you went, why? <laughs> it was hard. It wasn't, and maybe you just didn't want to. Or maybe the people he was asking you to go and talk to didn't even care. The reason that you're going to do that is because you're not going to get a reward from that person. And yes, God will, you know, say well done, but you're not going to, he's not going to throw you a big party. You're doing it because you love God. And it's because you love God that you love his people. And so that love compels you, compels me to do things that are hard. That means that we have to give up our time, we have to give up our comfort, we have to give up our money um, because we love God. And a lot of times that means that other people benefit and you don't. And that you're going to have to get okay with that. And I'm going to have to get okay with that. Um, so just two examples, very brief examples about some goals that we, if we want to have. Jesus did the same thing. The reason Jesus came to this world to die was because that was what the Father wanted. And it was because he loved the Father that he obeyed. And that cost him quite a bit. And because he died for us, the death that was meant for us, our lives are no longer ours, but his. And so we live the life that he wants us to live, which means a life of sacrifice. But it's a life of love. It's a a life of of comfort. It's It's a life of knowing that God is pleased with us. It's a life of knowing that he will favor, he favors us. And he, and out of that abundance, he gives us grace to do the hard things. We don't have to do it in our own strength. We do it by his grace and by his spirit that lives in us. So um, at this point, I just want us to just pray. Father, we just thank you because you're a God who pursues us. And pursues a relationship with us. Many times we give up. Many times we shut the door when you knock and we don't answer. And many times we mess up. But because you are a God of love. And you desire a relationship with us. You keep knocking on the door of our hearts. And we just want to say thank you that you don't give up. You're in it till the end. You didn't die for us so that you would never talk to us. You did it because you want a relationship. And so we just pray for each and every one of us, for myself and for everyone here listening, that as we start this year and into the rest of our lives, help us to respond to your call for a relationship. Wherever we are in that relationship right now, we just pray for wisdom and for grace. Help us to respond to you every day. Help us to love you the way you've loved us and help us to love other people. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Banky. We are going to worship.